This is Sports Cutting Edge for ASTN, the Australian Sports Technologies Network. Here's your host, Lockie Wills. Hello and welcome to Sports Cutting Edge. Thank you very much for your company. We're coming to you live this week from New York City inside the Sports Cutting Edge studios in Manhattan. And we do this all for the Australian Sports Technologies Network, ASTN, powering sport through innovation. You can check them out at astn.com.au. On the show today, we're going to preview the biggest week in Australian sports technology. It's just days away. It's the Australian Sports Innovation Week. It's in the Olympic city of Brisbane. The countdown is on, now less than 10 years away from the greatest sporting event of all, coming back to the Australian shores, Melbourne 1956, the friendly games, Sydney 2000, the best ever games, and Brisbane 2032, what more can Australia have to offer? Well, we're going to be able to live and breathe it for the next 10 years as we build up beautifully. The Queensland government done an amazing job to bring the Australian Sports Innovation Week this year to Brisbane. It's going to be a blockbuster week. The highlight, the big centrepiece event, is the Sports Technology World Series. It's an amazing story behind the Sports Tech World Series. We have co-founder Johan Odu on the show just moments away. Sports Tech World Series, it began in Melbourne in 2015. In 2017, it went global, started in London, and then expanded beautifully through 2018-2019. We're talking Mumbai, India, London, UK, Toronto, Canada, Tokyo, Japan, Amsterdam, Netherlands, Dallas, Texas, United States. I mean, you know, for an Australian conference series to first of all become the biggest sports tech conference in the Southern Hemisphere, I mean, that's huge. But to then become the biggest global series of sports tech events, bloody massive. And once again, amazing story of an Aussie business, a startup between Johan Odu on the show in a sec, and John Persico, who's been a regular on the show from ASTN. Their company, Vumero, creating the Sports Tech World Series, taking on the world and doing so wonderfully well. So Sports Tech World Series is on Friday, the 2nd of September. There's still a couple of tickets left, actually, so you can uh, log on sportstechworldseries.com, sportstechworldseries.com, sign yourself up. It'll be the biggest sports tech conference in the Southern Hemisphere this year. The night before that, on the 1st of September, the Thursday evening, there's the Australian Sports Tech Awards Night that encompasses not only Australia, but New Zealand. The Australian Sports Tech and New Zealand Awards Night, brought to you by ASTN, celebrating all the great stories. You know, all, all the people in Australia. It's, it's like the Logies. It's like the Oscars. It's the Oscars. So we're looking forward to that. Um, just a chance to reflect on some of the glory that has been for the last 12 months. And you know what? It'll be the, fir- the first physical event um, since COVID. So th- for so many of you businesses out there, the fact that you just got through COVID in and of itself is a bloody epic achievement. So we've come out the other side in terms of the worst, and now we're able to celebrate and, uh, you know, get ready to launch again. Big 10 years coming up. Um, as well as that, there'll be master classes, field tours, all those sort of startup exhibitions, the whole week 
a sports innovation extravaganza in Brisbane. It starts the 30th of August. SportsTechWorldSeries.com. Log on, check it out. And if you can, get to Brisbane. It's going to be bloody sensational. As I say, on the show, coming up just moments away, the co-founder and organiser of this year's event, Johan Odu. But first, let's take a look at what's making news. Sports fans are demanding more tech for their in-stadium experience, according to the latest report. US tech giant Oracle have released research findings showing 70% of fans think that the service jobs inside the stadium could be replaced by automation. 53% say they'd rather have a total self-serve digital experience rather than interacting with a human. 42% want fingerprint access instead of handing in a physical ticket. 80% of fans are unhappy waiting in long lines for food. 57% want tech to pre-order food, and more than 30% say they'd pay a premium to speed up their food order. 38% want access to real-time stats and data during the sporting event. A majority of fans do not want automation to take over the role of the referee or umpire, but 54% of fans in China love that idea. And continuing the theme, it seems once again, Aussies are taking a forward-of-centre mentality about new sports tech. Brisbane Architects Populous and competitive online gaming brand PWR have teamed up with a plan to create a Brisbane Olympic arena that can host potentially millions of competitors of online video gamers for the game Fortnite. The idea is to create a physical space for esports gamers to gather on a mass scale. Lachlan Power of PWR telling Nine that professional gamers, esports athletes and content creators need places that promote their long-term growth and development. Popular senior architect Al Baxter says they want to help make Power's dream a reality. The International Olympic Committee produced the inaugural Olympic Virtual Series this year. It's the first official Olympic event for physical and non-physical virtual sports, including baseball, sailing, rowing, cycling and motorsport. The IOC says that the series is an important and successful first step into the virtual sports space. That's what's making news. Up next, we're going to feature one of the great partners of ASTN over a long, long time, Vumero and the Sports Tech World Series, working hand-in-hand with ASTN to help catapult Australian sports technology onto the world stage. They do it again, teaming up for the Australian Sports Innovation Week. We have the co-founder of the Sports Tech World Series, Johan Odu, right after this. You're listening to Sports Cutting Edge. For ASTN, the Australian Sports Technologies Network. I'm very excited to be joined by one of the blokes who put Australian sports technology on the map, on the world stage. He is the co-founder of the Sports Tech World Series. The Sports Tech World Series, that is back bigger than ever before, this time in the Olympic city of Brisbane on September the 2nd. Joining us now, Johan Odu. Welcome to the show, Johan. Thank you very much. Of all of you, very kind of you. Oh, uh, mate. Played a small part. 
Oh, huge. I mean, honestly, it's a, it's a tremendous success story. You and your great partner in crime, John Persico, and what you've been able to do. You've created the largest global conference series for sports technology. Uh, this will be the largest conference in the Southern Hemisphere, which is no mean feat. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your backstory. I mean, you're one of the smartest people that we'd meet in person. Um, like, you did your honours in finance at Deakin University. Uh, and then your first job, senior analyst at the State Equity Group. And then you get into entrepreneurship a bit over a decade ago, you and John. Can you tell us about those years, Johan, and, you know, sort of the, the early stages and what got you to, you know, take that leap of faith and start your own business? Yes, yeah, certainly. Look, uh, as you mentioned, sort of my background was actually sort of finance economics. Um, I was sort of loved the, the business side of things. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to be. It wasn't like I went to uni and started accounting to become an accountant or law to become an, a lawyer. I kind yeah. of studied business because I had an interest in that area and kind of wanted to, to be a business person of some sort of description. So really enjoyed that, ended up doing a, an honours year uh, in finance and sort of got to the end of that whole process. Actually really enjoyed my time at university um, and kind of thought, look, maybe somewhere in that sort of investment banking, corporate advisory area would be a, um, a good area to sort of jump into. Um, and like a lot of people applied for your sort of big investment banks, almost ended up at, at Goldman Sachs, narrowly missed out um, on, a, on a gig there. But that sort of gave me the confidence to sort of keep hunting around that area. Um, and I ended up, again, great, great lesson for everyone, ended up just sitting there Googling investment banks and found a, a small little investment bank that was state equity um, at the time and literally got on the phone, rang them up and said, I'm doing an honours year in finance. Do you have a use for me? Um, and started that conversation and managed to talk myself into some part-time work with them, yeah. which then turned into a full-time role, which then sort of turned into the the first sort of four, four or so years of my career working in that sort of small boutique corporate advisory um, space mm -hmm. where you really become a, a bit of a jack of all trades because in a, a small business, you don't have layers and layers of, of hierarchy to, to do everything. So it really yeah. was a crash course in everything from cold calling to writing information memorandums to um, accounting to, to all sorts of different stuff. So it, it gave me a, a really interesting start. And, and during that time, uh, a friend of mine from uni, John Persico, uh, was working in management consulting and he had a finance background as well. So he and I would sort of come up and, and start chatting about stuff. And our, our first idea was actually in the financial modeling space. Um, so we, we started playing around with some ideas. Um, ended up building a, a platform uh, in that sort of finance space for a, a bit. And then as a, a bit of a, a way to help promote and market that, we ended up inventing the Financial Modeling World Championships, sort of tapped into mm. a more sort of creative side of things. Um, and sort of bit by bit, uh, along the way, both of us sort of quit our, our day job and sort of said, hey, there's enough here for us to, to throw our full-time energy on it. And really from there, it was just trying to find the next fun, interesting, relevant and creative thing to do that over the, the next two or three years led us to running all sorts of competitions and events um, and creating some really interesting stuff really across analytical industries. We were doing stuff in financial modeling. We were doing stuff in big data and analytics, cybersecurity, um, Internet of Things, a, a variety of analytical areas. Yeah. 
I mean, and I just love that sliding doors moment. Like, hypothetically, you get that job at Goldman Sachs, you're probably still working there now, and, and you wouldn't have started your own business. There'd be no such thing as the Sports Tech World Series. And, and honestly, the role that you and John and your company has played in sports technology in Australia, the sports tech landscape in this country would look different. It would look different if it was not for your contribution. So thank God you didn't get the job. But then have the hoots, you know, then do you have the chutzpah to call up, to cold call this other company, get a job there, you start almost as a volunteer, then you do the hard yards, you get the great gig, and then you go and start your own thing. All right, so 2015 was your sport, uh, first uh, sports tech or sports analytics event, as it was called back then. What got you and John to see this area of sports tech, which was still in that stage very early emerging stages like what's got it in your mind to go all right this is what we need to get into well it's funny you mentioned those sliding door moments because the start of what is now the sports tech world series is actually another one of those sort of sliding door moments uh we'd actually just come back from texas running a big data event and we looked at all these partners and connections and relationships that we'd built in the broader sort of analytics world we had a lot of relationships here and we realized look uh, both john and i are based in melbourne we love sport melbourne is a global home of sport we should do something in our own backyard in sports analytics um and we happened to mention that uh to one of the sponsors for our finance uh, competition at the time kpmg and they said well funny you mentioned that because we've been wanting to do more in sports analytics as well um they were doing the scheduling for the nba at the time and had this sort of uh, growing sports analytics practice that they wanted to promote so we ended up partnering with them um they were kind of the original sort of cornerstone partner to help get this series off the ground uh and working with them it, it was great we sort of put together that first vision for the conference um we're aiming to get i think about 120 people down to their melbourne um uh melbourne offices uh, at the time and in the end i think in that first year we ended up getting uh about 250 people mm. along we found had to find some extra rooms to, to fit everyone in um and, and had a great time and obviously sort of it's grown from there uh 2019 uh the last year sort of before COVID sort of scaled things back a, a little bit. We had sort of 1,200 people or so uh, for the Melbourne event and grown significantly from there. Um, and, yeah, now sort of taking taking the show to, to Queensland, we've got Huddle on board as the, the cornerstone sponsor this year. Um, and, of course, after a couple of years without it, just really excited to have that sort of sports tech World Series, our, our flagship event um, together, but yeah, it, it really was one of those sort of sliding door moments where we had an idea to, to do something. We happened to, to find the right partner at, at the time, mm -hmm. and it, it set the wheels in motion. Johan, I want you to cast your mind back to 2015. You know, yes. so we're talking seven years ago. Where sports technology in this country was then compared to now, like it's it's you know light years apart. But can you, you give us an insight into how you've seen it grow in this country? Look, absolutely, and I think we've. We've seen a lot of grassroots growth as well. Um, sports analytics, as we were focused on it back back in the day, was I mean, catapult was around doing some obviously great stuff with the AFL. You had a lot of sort of overseas examples as well, but it was it was really sort of dominated by 
what are we doing in large professional leagues? And a lot of looking at the US predominantly going, cool, what from the US could we bring to Australia? Whereas I think now we see innovation at so many different areas and of course a lot more crossover between what we call pure sports tech and of course health health technologies as well so in that time we've seen the emergence of companies like vold performance that essentially started by selling a a hamstring testing piece of equipment to sports tech uh sports clubs uh, for their trainers and things to use with athletes that has now got a whole division um, purely focused on our allied health. Um, and you'll find a lot of the equipment in clinics as well as club rooms. Yeah. So really that convergence between innovation from the high-end sport um, that's now being applied to any one of us when we go, go to a physio or, or an allied health professional that some of that technology we're just as likely to have used on us um as some of the high-end players and then i think the other theme is particularly around a lot of grassroots areas things that can be done so much better um at a grassroots level that distinction between what's available to high-end as well as um uh, your everyday kind of person like rewind 10 years and you got right catapult predominantly out there for, for player tracking whereas mm-hmm. now you can go buy an spt gps tracker from jb mm-hmm. hi-fi mm-hmm. and so that accessibility to that yeah. kind of stuff um is huge Okay, so you got this 2015 conference. It's literally like there are spillover rooms. It goes far better than you'd ever thought before. Two years later, you take it to the globe. You go to London to start with, and then you end up in Dallas, Texas, Mumbai, India, uh, Toronto, Canada, Amsterdam in the Netherlands, as well as uh, Tokyo, Japan. I mean, it's one thing, like, as an Aussie business, you know, it's one thing to conquer the homelands. It's, it's another thing to go overseas and to do it literally across nearly every continent in the world. Um, what inspired you to feel like you belong on the world stage and that you're going to have a crack? Because obviously there are other big conferences globally, but the fact that you as an Aussie startup went and took on the world and created the biggest traveling global conference series. Tell us about that, Johan, the journey you went on. And I suppose a bit of the bravery that took to really you know, take that leap of faith. Yeah, look, it, it was a, um, sometimes you kind of look back and you also go, how on earth did we end up sort of doing that? And it was definitely one of those things that sort of spiraled organically. Mm. But for us, it always made sense to go overseas because the funny thing was that that Australian sports tech or sports analytics conference back in 2015 was actually the first event that we'd started in Australia. Prior to that, everything that John and I had done had actually had its roots overseas. We were running the finals of our finance competition in New York and London. We were running our big data competition in Austin, Texas. So at that point, we're actually very comfortable with inventing and creating things and then going and applying and executing it and delivering it Mm. overseas so for us it was actually a a nice refreshing um, opportunity to be able to do something in our own backyard first but then to go well there's an opportunity for this 
to go overseas um, was actually then sort of resorting back to a little bit more of sort of what we knew. And of course, there was a lot of work and effort put back into the building relationships in all those different areas that you, yeah. you mentioned, because particularly that first conference, every time you go to a, a new area, it is, it's a bit of a discovery process that you go through. Mm-hmm. Who are the main players? Who are the people you want to connect with? Who are the organizations in that space? And sort of uh, it takes a long time to replicate what we've been able to build in Australia. But having that sort of global perspective was then also one of the things that really set us apart from a lot of the U.S. sort of based series, which were very U.S. centric, great, but very U.S. centric um, for, for this young organization from Australia to be running around doing conferences in seven different countries, mm-hmm. then really sort of gave us a perspective that very few other people had and sort of helped us sort of sit in the middle of that international sports tech world, which has come in really handy um, for these days we we do um, a lot of sort of consulting advisory research work as well so when people want to understand hey what's going on in a certain sport in a certain uh, geography um, we've ended up sitting down and doing some research reports around that that help understand people um, or help give or help translate the perspective that we've got and utilize some of those sort of relationships and connections um, that have come from having that global perspective that cricket isn't just what we see cricket in Australia, what yeah. cricket and cricket technology looks like um, in various other parts of the world, from India, UK, uh, etc. Again, soccer, another greater emerging or growing, massively growing sport. It's not just a European sport. Soccer in the, the US is is massive, but different to the way it is in Australia or the UK. So that sort of global perspective, I think, has been one of the, the real interesting things that has come from um, building that conference series. And now we get to use it in a bunch of different ways. Mm. And, and that's it. and you had such credibility everywhere you went, you know, like to have the NFL Players Association on board for your US events, Star Sports in India, one of the largest sports broadcasters in the world, Amsterdam Arena in Amsterdam, one of the most tech-savvy venues anywhere in the world, Loughborough University in the UK, number one uh, tertiary institution for sports. So you sort of were dealing with the top echelon everywhere you went. Johan, I mean, how would you say that Australian sports tech is regarded on the global stage? Look, it's no surprise that our biggest, most successful event is still that Australian event because that Australian ecosystem is is really, really strong. I think from both a grassroots innovation level, but also a commercialization level and where we sort of have got to it's not like we have lots of small businesses but no big ones um we have some larger and really sort of well established uh sports technology businesses coming out of australia and i think it's it's that willingness to to try things implement everyone knows australia loves sport Mm. but we're we're also a a nation that is happy to to tinker and try stuff right Mm. so we've seen examples where culturally Um, overseas many sports have struggled to really adopt certain levels of sports analytics and data and that kind of analysis within clubs and leagues because there's that 
mentality of, oh, no, I know best. It's There's a lot of tradition um, in mm-hmm. sport. Whereas I think Australia, for the most part, is happy to go, hey, if something can give me an edge, I'll give that a go. Yeah. We're, we're very willing to, to, to try stuff. Um, and that's helped with our attitude towards sort of implementing uh, sports technology in a, in a bunch of different areas. Sure, we may not have the size and scale of leagues and clubs that you see in the, the US, but we're, re- we're really willing to, to give stuff a go the, the best we can. And we've seen the way Australia outperforms um, on a per capita basis in things like the Olympics. Um, and again, not that I'm saying all that is down to, to sports technology, but our adoption of sports technology, particularly in the, the high performance space, um, is something that as a, a country is overall really strong. And I think we've got a, a really sort of healthy experimentation attitude towards it. Well, definitely. And I mean, it's funny because, you know, I just recently saw on the Commonwealth Games, um, Bennett Merriman, co-founder of Rostify, presenting a medal. You know, like they did that, the Commonwealth Games did that as a way to honour Bennett and Rostify's contribution to the Games um, with their workforce management technology, helping to create a legacy for the city of Birmingham that lasts beyond the actual Games themselves. Nathan Rothschild from GTG Network. I mean, they are an all-star here in America, where I'm sitting at the minute, like they're considered, and even watching um, the other day, undisputed on on Fox Sports, Sport Radar, you know, all the statistics on the show of Fox Sports, uh, undisputed with Skip and Shannon, is from Sports Radar. So you do feel that great sense of pride, particularly when you're overseas and seeing Aussie businesses doing so well. Hey, so you signed this deal with the Queensland government, which I think is just wonderful because obviously Queensland. They've gone in on this and they're going to create such a beautiful lead into the Brisbane Olympics. It's almost like we get 10 years of Olympics sort of feeling before the Games themselves in a little under 10 years now. Um, Can you tell us how important it was for the Sports Tech World Series, your partnership with the Queensland government and how exciting it is? Oh, look, it's it's perfect timing. You you almost couldn't write this um, if you're uh, writing a, a fairy tale. But you're right, to, to have that sort of 10-year run-up to an Olympics, a, a major Olympics, and it, what we're seeing at the moment is having that milestone in place, having that sort of 10-year goal mm. is just a massive accelerator to so many things in the world of sports tech. Um, and we're seeing that at so many different levels. Opportunities, projects, things that organizations are trying to, to get implemented, particularly around sort of high performance organizations, state and national sort of high performance centers, things that were ideas, concepts, things that people want to try and implement, and now being approved implemented said yes to a hell of a lot quicker because now we've got a, a purpose in mind that it's all sort of going towards i think the other thing that's really interesting and this is going to be a uh, an interesting theme to sort of delve into in the conference in so many different ways is sports technology does change and advance so quickly yeah. that what we're going to have at the, the the Queensland 2032 Olympics mm. is technology that doesn't exist yet. Yeah. That we often have this sort of interplay between the blue sky, blue sky thinking of what's possible, what we'd like to see, what in theory could happen, B, 
but it, mm. it could be years and years away versus the here and now, what can be implemented next season or the season after. But yeah. what's really interesting is to go, how do we design an Olympic Games and all the elements of sports technology, the stadium technology, the fan engagement technology that mm. goes into what is going to be a world-class Olympic Games but going, well, that's in 10 years' time. Mm. Where is the technology going to be able to get to in eight years' time? So we've got a couple of years to refine it and then implement it really well come 2032. So having that sort of mix of, on one hand, we've got to be realistic, but on the other hand, we're not designing for next season. We're designing for just under 10 years down the, the track, and that's a, a really exciting space to be in. Well, and it's funny, the Queensland uh, Minister for Sport, Sterling Hinchcliffe, has said that the goal of the Queensland government is to make Brisbane and Queensland the sports tech hub of the world. So they've certainly got the blue sky thinking, which is wonderful to see them channeling it like that. Um, Johan, all right, let's just dare to dream for a minute. All right, so it's 2032. Let's fast forward 10 years. We're watching the Olympics together. We're, we're caught up. We're watching. We can't get to the stadium this day, but we're watching it. How are we watching it? What would you like to see? As someone who loves sport, who loves tech, what are we doing? How are we immersing ourselves in it from a distance? Oh, look, uh, we could do a whole other podcast just on this question on my own, Lucky. Um, <laughs> look, there's so many really interesting um, innovations going on when it comes to this style of sort of dispersed fan engagement. Yeah. That's how you replicate or enhance an in-stadium experience and make that even better um, for people who can't be there, either for monetary, for capacity, or geography reasons. Mm -hmm. And I think that's going to be something that's going to have a, a real big uh, impact on something like the, the Olympics, to go, hey, at a sports bar right now, well, what's the experience? You go into a sports bar, you have a giant projector screen, you sit there, watch it with your friends, um, have a few drinks. That's kind of the, the crux of the experience. Yeah. But to be able to take that further with some of the virtual reality, augmented reality, um, holograph type technologies that are emerging mm -hmm. to go, well, instead of standing around pool tables, playing pool with a TV on in the background, <laughs> to imagine standing around that pool table having a bird's eye view of a stadium um, yeah. represented as a hologram and being able to have the view the heats of the athletics as yeah. if you are standing above the stadium watching people run around um, all those kinds of things that uh, we're starting to see sort of more and more whether or not that's through uh, hologram augmented reality what have you um, mm. I think there's going to be a lot of that, um, yeah, and what you can do in home as well is going to be really interesting. So rather than it be, all right, well, either I'm at the stadium or I'm at home watching on television, mm -hmm. I think there's going to be a lot of sort of in-between options there mm -hmm. that are really starting to engage fans and give people a unique experience that are very different to what we're currently used to, whether which is it's either in stadium or it's television. Yeah. Um, the range of things that can potentially exist over the next 10 years that sit in between those two, two areas, um, particularly for something like the Olympics, is yeah. going to be really interesting. 
God, yeah. We, we featured a company a couple of months ago on the pod, an American one, and they've invented, so rather than put on a, a headset, a VR headset, you just have contact lenses and you put them in your eyes, obviously. And then you, through the movement of your eye, you scroll and you move around. So to, you know, like, as you say, stuff that, I mean, maybe we're tiptoeing into things now that in 10 years time could be commonplace. Um, it is very exciting. There's so much, in fact, that rather than just doing one day, Johan, you're doing a full week. The Australian Sports Innovation Week in Brisbane. It all kicks off August 31. Oh, mate, tell us August, about the week. August 30. Oh, sorry, I'll be a day late. Um, <laughs> August 30. Tell us about the big week. We need you there, Lucky. You're uh, <laughs> you've got a vital role to play. I mean, that's another thing. I mean, you're asking before about how does the the Australian sports tech landscape sort of stack up and one of the things that we noticed early on where we were just running this sort of one day conference is people just sort of wanted more and more and more mm. so we're a few years ago we expanded the sports tech conference to sports innovation week by adding a variety of, of other elements because as mm. great as that the conference is that's just one way to network consume information learn stuff um so now we expanded it to include field tours workshops master classes we've got the answers the australian new zealand sports tech awards yes. another really great way to recognize and celebrate some of the the high performing organizations uh within the, the sports tech world people that are doing amazing things not only in australia but on a, a global stage and you mentioned some of those businesses like gtg and Rostify before um, businesses out of Australia that have built something really unique that is now being applied on a world stage. And again, the, the volunteering platform behind Birmingham um, for that to be an Australian company is is fantastic. Um, so we've got Startup Investor Day to help support and grow the sort of grassroots side of things. Um, and we see so many great examples of great product innovation that, that should exist you and i the other day were talking about xena the, yeah. the impact protection for female athletes um another great aussie startup story that sort of came from a, a real need now yeah. a, a business that is sort of growing and looking to to be able to sell in more and more parts of the world that we see so much of that kind of stuff being fostered what starts as a, a one or two sort of grassroots sort of business mm -hmm. that is able to to refine develop a product um get the support it needs so um yeah we've got startup uh innovate or startup and investor day to help sort of foster that end we've got yeah. the awards to sort of help recognize those companies that have been doing amazing things um we've got a variety of workshops field tours for people to actually be able to go and actually get to see some of this stuff behind the scenes and then mm -hmm. see it in a way that you don't normally get to see in a day-to-day -day sort of basis and then of course the whole thing sort of culminates with the, the big conference on the, the friday um we've got three tracks three simultaneous tracks so there's a, a hell of a lot of content there um and of course yeah. it's a great networking opportunity i think that's the one thing that people have really missed over the last few years um not having mm -hmm. those sort of big networking opportunities to to go to and particularly for an industry like sports technology that sort of moves and advances so quickly um yeah it's uh i think there's many people that are very excited to to have it back uh, in person so it's uh it's gonna be fun 
Well, it is. And I mean, there are some headline acts at your conference, Johan. I mean, Nat Cook, Olympic gold medalist from Sydney, now such a, a big involvement now as the director of Brisbane 2032. Nat Cook will be there, as well as John Lee, who, you know, one of the one of the most experienced CEOs in Australian sport, formerly with the Rabbitohs, the Roosters, uh, sailing, and, and now he's uh, heading up as director general at the Queensland Department of Tourism, Innovation and Sport. Nicole Kelly, who's just a, a brilliant operator, and Nicole was at the ASTN 10-year anniversary night. Nicole will be looking at the new roadmap for Australia's sports innovation. And also, you've got a CEO pa- uh, panel, Johan. Um, Eugenie Buckley, CEO of Swimming Australia. Of course, our swimmers just keep making us so proud. Mark Evans, CEO of the Gold Coast Suns. And Pierre Commerce, CEO of the Special Olympics Australia. Um, there's so much to look forward to. People can jump on the website, sportstechworldseries.com, sportstechworldseries.com. I know you've already sold, I, I don't know if you've quite sold out yet. Are there still some tickets available, Johan, for people that there want to are, jump on? There are certainly tickets available. You can uh, jump on exactly that same website. Um, go have a look at the agenda. Uh, get tickets for both the, the conference as well as the, the other activities, the answers, if you want to get along to that. If you're a, a young up-and-coming organisation that, that wants to make use of Startup Day, get along to, to things like that. The, the, the Thursday evening, the night before, where we hold the answers, um, is always a, a great sort of pre-event, sort of networking uh, activity. But, yeah, we um, a, a lot of the content um, really sort of trying to have that focus on stories and case studies around sort of implementation you, you mentioned the ceo panel before um there are so many challenges facing sports ceos these days um and it's one thing to hear about all these different kind of opportunities and things that are out there um how do people actually sort of break it down and really focus on the what works from a, an implementation perspective i, I think is a, a really big key and of course you, you mentioned a lot of the sort of Nat Cook and Brisbane 32 um, Olympics, really setting that roadmap um, and, and hearing from a few of the people that are going to be steering that ship and how do we get the rest of Australia sort of behind that from a, an innovation perspective, from a getting the athlete ready perspective, how do we continue to drive that journey uh, is going to be really important. And then also, you, I, I'm really looking forward, actually, one of your tracks, as you say, you've got three tracks running simultaneously. The first is leagues and teams. The second is fans, brands, and engagement. The third is data, AI, and advanced technology. So it's essentially three conferences in one, which is amazing. You can chop and change throughout the day, go and see who you want to see. It's pretty cool, actually, in terms of that versatility. Um I'm really excited the you know the way that you're tapping into the you know the artificial intelligence um, you know the way that view motion um, could be looking at different aspects of, of modern tech and, and what it could mean for sport I think you've got a lot on the agenda I mean it's bursting at the seams before we go um, tell us about some of the other stuff you're doing as part of your company obviously you've created this this big legacy from all you've done worldwide and in Australia. I know that you've recently got Andrew Walton, one of the most respected cricket coaches in Australia, formerly coach of the Melbourne Cricket Club, also in the English County Championship. Uh, he's on board. Um, tell us about some of the other stuff you're doing, Johan, with the Sports Tech World Series as a company. Yeah, certainly. I mean, a lot of people know us for the, the conference, um, and predominantly for the, the conferences, because that's how a lot of people um, have interacted with us in the past. But as I mentioned before, that sort of global perspective that we've built up 
over the years for, from doing this kind of stuff in so many different areas has ended up giving us a, a real sort of unique vantage point to the global sports tech ecosystem um, that we've ended up doing more sort of research insight sort of consulting work um we're in the process of doing an esports report nice. which we'll be able to uh, announce some more details very shortly um about it as that sort of gets published um we've been doing some more stuff in the education space with some online uh sports tech education uh that's going to be uh, again announced and launched shortly um so really the the consulting advisory research side has really sort of picked up over the last couple of years um and sort of now starting to sort of take the place of some of the sort of conference um focus that we've had uh yeah. in the past while we haven't been able to do those kinds of things yeah. but yeah I, I think as we see the the maturity of that sports technology industry both in australia and more and more overseas uh education is going to be a, a really big thing so many people that you you talk to about sports technology still kind of go oh that's money ball isn't it and kind of yeah. stuff like that have have some of these sort of very one or two examples that they kind of cling on to without yeah. realizing just the pervasiveness of sports technology across mm. the entire sport ecosystem and, and media and broadcast is a huge area the, the amount that uh, sport has changed with the way we're able to capture it distribute it um and things like that there's a, a lot going on in that space uh, as well champion data another great um melbourne based uh, australian based business doing great stuff on a, a world stage with um some new projects in golf out of the us um that's going to be really exciting as well but a lot of people don't think about technology and innovation from a broadcast perspective as much as they may do when it comes to say athlete testing or, or things like that so for me i think it's really just the the breadth of innovation that is going on it means it's really hard for any one person to stay up to date with sort of what's going in going on in all these different areas so i think that lends itself to a much greater need for some quality education in that space um around sports technology um and of course organizations that are trying to go well how do we actually harness what's going on i hear about the metaverse but what do i do about it i hear about nfts but um why um yeah. all these kinds of questions that you know that there's stuff going on mm. it's now about how do we translate that into something that actually has a meaningful impact for my organization whether or not i'm a league a club um, a governing body, mm. how are these things actually being implemented successfully and trying to be able to take what's working in one area um, and transition that knowledge into to other areas, I think is, a, is going to be a, a real key for the next 10 years. And we, because of the, the position we sit in, have this unique vantage point where mm. we're not a vendor, we're not trying to sell anything, but we get to see a lot of what's going on so actually translating that knowledge to a lot of organizations has been really valuable so we're now doing sort of more and more of that on a um as needs as requested basis so um yeah it's a it's a really exciting time for the sports tech world series uh and our global sports tech community well, it certainly is. That's, I mean, that's what I love about your company, the fact that you are able to take all this complex information and distill it down to those key insights, that knowledge that companies can actually apply to help them make their decisions. 
Um, and I look forward to this eSports paper you're releasing. I think one of the best segments that I've ever seen a Sports Tech World Series event was hosted by Kit Ho in 2016, eSports Extravaganza. I look forward I to seeing well. what your insights are. Um, mate, well, I encourage everyone who has not already, jump on sportstechworldseries.com. Lock yourself in. Brisbane Convention Centre. Friday, the 2nd of September, to wrap out what is going to be a huge innovation week in Queensland. It's the Olympic City. It's sports technology. It's where you want to be. Johan do thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Lucky. Uh, wonderful to have Johan on the show. Uh, I haven't worked with him for the last, what, six and a half years. He's just a gentleman, a supremely good operator and a gentleman. So, yes, uh, do log on, sportstechworldseries.com. Book a plane ticket if you're not in Brisbane already. If you are in Brisbane, where you're living in the Olympic City, happy days, um, come to the Sports Tip World Series. Are going to be an absolute perler? All right, that wraps us up. We'll catch you next week. Thank you very much for your company here on Sports Cutting Edge. Don't forget, astn.com.au. You've been listening to Sports Cutting Edge for the Australian Sports Technologies Network. For more, jump online at astn.com.au.